Welcome brides and grooms and couples to the Apple Brides podcast. My name is Carrie and, and alongside of me today is Doyle Wheeler. And like today's guests, we will have open conversations with local vendors and wedding specialists with topics that will help you and inspire you to plan efficiently for your wedding day. The Apple Brides podcast is coming to you from Spokane, located in beautiful Inland Northwest in Washington State, and also right next to North Idaho, which we like to think is the perfect place for a perfect wedding. From beautiful mountaintop wedding venues to orchards, farms, waterfronts, wineries, and historic venues, there is something for every style. Welcome. Yeah, welcome to the podcast. We're excited to have you here. And... Uh, one can't wait to hear everything about Arbor Crest Winery. We are happy to be here. This is awesome. It's exciting. This is Arbor Crest Winery, and we're excited to have you on the podcast. Yeah, we're really happy to be here. This is cool. this is excellent. So yeah. yeah. Well, just coming from from a photography perspective, I've spent a lot of time down in the parking lot on the south side of your venue, <laughs> flying drones and taking photos at sunset. It's pretty sketchy, but <laughs> your house is exposed. Yes, it is. <laughs> it's definitely out there on the cliff. It's yeah. uh, a little scary. Yeah. So for anyone listening that doesn't know about Arbor Crest, it's in Spokane Valley, Washington, and it's located on a, a giant rock. Yeah. Looking over, looking over Spokane Valley. That's upriver drive, right? Correct. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It winds right below. And then of course the Spokane river is right below. And that rock is 450 feet above that. Um, and it's literally perched right on the edge. So that part's fun. But you know, when you have to change roof tiles, it's not so much fun. No No kidding. (laughs) Cool. Well, um, well, take a minute, introduce yourselves. So you're all about it. Sure. I'm Christina Van Lobensels. Um, I'm winemaker, CEO, and owner. And uh, my family started the winery 40 years ago. This is our 40th anniversary. Wow. uh, I've been around um, actually working at the winery for 23 years with my husband. Um, Yeah. So seen a lot of of changes, a lot of things going on. And um, it's been a ride and it's been fun. That's exciting. Yeah, and I'm Emily Jones, so I'm Arborcrest venue manager. My primary role is to manage all of our private event bookings and do day of coordination for our weddings. So I get a lot of experience on the multitude of events that we have at Arborcrest, and it's a lot of fun as well. I've been there since August of 2021, so not a super long time, but I've seen a whole lot in that time, so it's been yeah, it's, it's been, been great fun. You've been an awesome addition to the program and you're not allowed to leave. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Oh, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's uh, great. So how about let's deep dive into Arborcrest. Um, so what inspired you to get started at Arborcrest? Well, so 40 year, years ago, my parents um, started Arborcrest, my parents and my uncle and my dad's family was from the Spokane area and, um, and lived there and felt like it would just be an excellent spot for uh, making wine. And then when they purchased the uh, Cliff House Estate, which is the 75-acre estate um, in 1984, it was just that prime perfect spot for uh, a winery. So um, when they started the winery, I was only 12 at the time. Uh, so I grew up around it, and as 
I went to college um, at UC Davis, I said, oh, I need to look into the wine program. They were known for the wine program. And um, yeah, so I, my degree at the time was fermentation science. It's now called enology um, and spent quite a bit of time in California and then came home was making the wine and running the business with my husband so so cool yeah was that was that house how long has that been there so the house yeah the house was built in 1924 and yeah it's been there so we're going next well 2024 will be the 100th anniversary of the estate which is that's really cool i know i'm just so excited and we've already started talking about (laughs) what we're gonna do and and just the the fanfare behind that because that's a it's a really neat landmark in the Spokane community and we of course own it but we feel like it's part of Spokane and part of everybody's life there's always a story behind the estate and I love to hear that and so we're gonna do something fabulous I don't know what yet but it'll be really neat so cool yeah do you make you don't make wine there right now though do you no, so we actually have two facilities. Um, it's not far. the The facility is where we actually the winery started out. It was where um, my grandfather made cherry pie filling, and then they <laughs> converted it into a winery. Uh, it's right by Feltz Field, and it is um, where we make all the wine. And then up on the estate is where we do everything else. So uh, someday, maybe we'll have the winery. We'll move the winery up onto the hill one of those days, maybe. Kind of cool, all in one spot. It would, because we have vines up there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have about five acres of vines that we use. Um, not every year; it depends on the on the season. Um, we get the the prime weather for it. Um, but yeah, it's cool. Well, and it's an awesome backdrop too, because you have a tent, a, a, like a flat slab spot on the state. Yes, and then the edge of the tent looks over the vineyard. Mm-hmm. It's it's a beautiful setting. Mm-hmm really cool it is awesome backdrop so pretty yeah we like the summer concerts actually yeah it's super fun really a fun thing for you guys to do yeah that's been fun to start and never been to a wedding well they're they're gorgeous they're gorgeous yeah i bet maybe there's a day in the future maybe never know up into one (laughs) (laughs) exactly we can be a wedding crasher well it was interesting because the the winery was started right um 40 years ago but when my husband and i came in 99 we really didn't utilize the property to what we should we didn't have concerts and we didn't have weddings so we implemented both of those programs and um i think the very first wedding uh program that we started was in 2003 and so it's just it's been nice to see it evolve and um turn into what it is now it's neat. it's neat it's awesome do you guys do weddings there in the house too we do or not we do not okay just outdoor yeah the house is mainly used for um the brides to get changed and um you know take pictures and that kind of thing but it's been a long time since i've been in there i can't remember how big it is or it's actually smaller than what you would think when yeah. um you see it from from the you know the freeway or the road below um but yes it, i mean it's beautiful and it has all the windows everywhere so you can see all the way down spokane and then all the way out to Coeur d'Alene. so it's it's pretty but. yeah the third floor has these three arched windows on each side and that's my absolute favorite spot it's just really romantic just standing in front of those and 
watching the snow fall this time of year and the lights the lights yeah. and I like watching the cars drive down upriver and we get to watch the train and yeah there's yeah. just something different out of every single window in that home which is just really special yeah makes it for is. great photos yeah yes <laughs> okay well we're on the topic of the state what was it before it was Arbor Crest it was um oral riblets private home and he and his brother had the first patent on the uh, chairlift. So the trams that you see at Mount Spokane, Schweitzer, um, all around the area. So interesting. Yeah. So he basically Royal Riblet um, was an inventor. He's kind of a, an eccentric fellow. And um, and as we learned, he he is also or he was a teetotaler. So he didn't drink any alcohol. So it's kind of funny that <laughs> there's a winery <laughs> on his estate Switched right now. Gears on but that one. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ironic right <laughs> that's funny cool well so how about for let's get in a little bit about uh the future bride planning a wedding um what like what's the best time in the planning process to decide on a venue do you have any insight on that really the venue is the first vendor that you want to book caterers will not typically book you until you have a venue because there are additional restrictions that they might not know about. So a lot of venues will have a restricted list of caterers or restricted list of photographers, things like that. Uh, so you really just want to start there. And it's it's kind of a big, it's, it's a big heavy part of your planning process, right? Uh, so it's a really nice thing to just knock out right away and know that he gets you excited. Uh, you know exactly where you're going to get married and you can start envisioning everything and that really helps you along the planning process. As far as timeline goes, COVID kind of made that interesting, to be honest. Uh, a lot of people were booking further and further out because coming out of COVID, everybody was just excited to get married. So I saw a lot of couples coming in who weren't even engaged yet and wanted to book their wedding venue. And uh, now we're kind of coming off of that and people are still booking about, I'd say nine to 12 months in advance of their wedding date. But as long as we have a date available, we will work with you to make it happen. If that's three months or six months out, however, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you have, have to have depends. a date. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes right. No date, no wedding. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you were talking about restricted list of uh, caterers and photographers. Can you give us a little insight on what that means? Yeah. So for Arborcrest specifically, we have a preferred list of caterers that we work with. That's really because the nature of our grounds, it's difficult property to work on, even for photographers, videographers. Uh, but caterers are really the only one that we uh, require be from that list so that it benefits the client and it benefits our team as well, makes it for a really seamless event because we work with the caterers more and more as we go on. And I always meet with them the first of the year before the event season even begins. So really good time for me to understand what they're offering and help me connect them with the client based on what the client's looking for. So again, just makes it a lot simpler for the client because they don't have to have all these unanswered questions. I give you a list and I say, these are the people that we trust with our venue and we trust to work with you. And that just is one less thing they have to worry about. So preferred lists for venues are really important in that way. Uh, just trust your venue if they do have something like that in place. But as far as other vendors, 
we don't have a requirement. We do have a preferred list of things like uh, anything from uh, photographers to coffee carts in the area. Nice. So those are people that we've worked with and that I've kind of given my stamp of approval based on how we work together and seeing them work on our grounds. Uh, you know, Christine and I were just talking about how it is a lot of walking and uh, you have to be prepared for that with all the cobblestone and you're going for about 10 to 12 hours on most days. So it, it's physically taxing, but um, yeah, so I think that's just for vendors to keep that in mind uh, when they are working with different venues. Absolutely. And then making the best possible experience for the bride. Yeah. 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 Because we don't, I mean, you don't know how they all, you know, how a caterer will cater. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And location is big on how they can do that. So do you guys, you have a restaurant, right? Or did you? We do. We you started do. Okay. that um, in 2020. So you're not catering though. Just, you just have We do there. small, okay. um, like 50 and under okay. catering, but okay. we leave it to the professional, <laughs> yeah. large, um, you know. Yeah. That's good. Cool. So one of the things that... Apple Brides is super excited about is like um, a lot of the marketing for Spokane in the region, of, you know, from Visit Spokane, Chamber of Commerce, things like that is it's a destination space for place for events. And we tout that in our intro. Um, what are your thoughts overall, not just the perspective of Arborcrest, but from your experience is Spokane as a destination wedding place? Like, Let's say someone in California is looking for the perfect spot to get married. I would say absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. We have uh, quite a few brides who book from Texas, California, Florida. I mean, they're they're not close by, uh, but a big draw is their families over here. So that plays a big role. But uh, you also have to factor in costs of a wedding. I mean, Spokane is this beautiful place uh, and we offer a lot of reasonable package prices. And that doesn't just go for venues, that goes for every vendor in the area. Uh, so we have a really competitive market price uh, overall. And that's a big draw for people, especially if you're looking at even Seattle. It's, you know, you're paying possibly double mm -hmm. of what things are offering over here. Totally. Yeah. That's a really good point. Yeah, I never thought of that. Yeah, and uh, if you have family here, why mm -hmm. not? Yeah. And and you can't beat uh, Pacific Northwest um, with the no. summers and the clean air and just the beautiful landscape all around. And so, really, even the winters. Yeah, yeah. Very beautiful. Yeah, the and, winters and the are magical. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I winter, think Spokane yeah. is really special in this way that it's a very close community and that's felt by everyone here. Anyone who's a local can attest mm -hmm. to that. But then it's also really expansive. You can see the mountain ranges and you can see the forests and the little pockets of the towns. And I think that's just a really cool thing because again, Seattle or bigger cities like that, it's, it's very congested and you get a lot of that noise pollution and things in your background that you don't necessarily want. So you're not, uh, you're reaching a very attainable city with, mm all of those viewpoints that you wouldn't expect. Some thoughts that just came to my mind while you were speaking. We have uh, an international airport. So, and that's 30 minutes from your venue mm -hmm. and literally an hour from the farthest place that would be a, considered a killer venue for Spokane, but there's airport, there's hotels everywhere. Exactly. And massive amounts of culinary um, delights in Spokane. So think 
the day before or the day after the wedding. There's lots of cool things to do around here that are iconic. Yeah, that's a very good point. Cool. Never even thought of all that. That was exciting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Does uh, Arborcrest, do, they, do you guys uh, have any other services that you offer in the venue itself for weddings? As far as additional packages, is that yeah. kind of, okay. Yeah. Yes, we do. So we have kind of a la carte packages. So those are really for weeknights or smaller celebrations. We have an elopement package that we call our sweetheart package. Uh, that's just a three hour, about 30 people or less. Uh, and it that was really popular through COVID. So that's something we actually curated through that time mm -hmm. uh, because we saw a need for it. And uh, we still do. We still get inquiries about little things like that. Uh, and then reception only as well. We have a package for that. And then kind of meeting in the middle, we have something we call our courtyard package. And that's really on the historic part of the estate. And it's uh, about half the time reservation versus our normal wedding package, which is an 11-hour reservation. And this one's five. So it just gives couples additional options if they don't want the full day or if they want to save a little money doing a weeknight or don't have a huge guest count. There, there are options and we're happy to work with them. Because typically it's the, the big one. I know. I like that. <laughs> yeah. And, um, uh, weekday weddings are becoming quite popular. Yeah, they are. I've honestly been really surprised by that. We have a lot of Mondays and Wednesdays. I mean, you think about the three-day weekends and that's a great point for people who want to save a little bit of money they can go for a Wednesday or Monday um, and that just depends on their friend group I mean a lot right. of people will think about okay well my friends are in these occupations so realistically could they get that time off and if they can again great option yeah love that so what are some of the main interest points of Arbor Crest what's what's the one thing you would tell somebody that didn't know anything about Arbor Crest that would win their heart. Hmm. That's a good one. Well, you know, in the climate of where we are now with um, Washington Wines, we have over a thousand wineries. Um, we were one of the very first. We were the 29th winery in the state. Oh. And, um, you know, the growth is incredible. Washington Wine is incredible. Um, so I think the fact that we're, you know, we're 29th winery, we're second generation, still family owned, um, and we're one of we're a medium sized winery. Um, so a lot of most of Washington is five thousand cases or under, and um, or you have your really big ones that are corporate owned. And so for us to be kind of in that mid category, it's very special. Um, of course, we have a, a beautiful venue to showcase our wines, um, and it's it's a neat spot because we have. We have five acres of landscaped grounds. It's a 75 acre parcel total, wow. um, five acres of landscape grounds, five acres of vineyard. And when you're there, you could be anywhere. It's a, it's actually an Italian Florentine style mansion um, that, but you could, you, you could be in Italy. You could be, you could be anywhere. So when you, you go there, you kind of feel like, okay, I can just check out of all my worries, all my thoughts and just enjoy the moment. I remember a checkerboard. Yes, we have a checkerboard and a and a pool and um, decorational. <laughs> yeah, no, nobody swims in it unless they've had a one too many. No, um, yeah. So, and then I think by the house is a really neat uh, rock features. They have a waterfall. 
Oh yes, we have the right. yeah, right in between the kind of archway. There's a um, a bridge that goes across, and uh, you know, it's very structurally sound. But um, yeah, then there's a waterfall, and then we actually have a sunken rose garden um, just on the other side of that, about a hundred um, different roses, which are gorgeous. Oh, Doyle has to take me there again. Yes. Yeah, we'll have yes. to go do a walkabout. <laughs> oh, wow. We'll take good care of you. <laughs> one of my favorites because our gardener likes to surprise us with what comes out of the ground. She does all this hard work in this time of year in November about planting everything. And then springtime comes and you just start seeing the little bits of green pop up and they start to bloom and blossom. Mm -hmm. And it's just beautiful because... Every day cool. you walk around and you're like, oh, that's a purple flower that wasn't here yesterday. Yeah. It's just a nice little surprise. Yeah. <laughs> well, and she does, she starts it with the daffodils and the tulips. So those come out first and then all the annuals and then the perennials that are already there. It's mm -hmm. lovely. Yeah. It's a new day. And then we have lots of visitors. Um, we have turkeys and <laughs> <laughs> geese and deer. and <laughs> Crows. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's like I, crows seem to be iconic Spokane Valley. Right. <laughs> I love the swallows in the mm. springtime too. I think springtime, I guess, is my favorite. I think so. <laughs> but the swallows like to dip down from the house and swirl around the bridge and over the cliff. And it's just so much fun to stand on that cliffside and watch them. And they're, they're just so cheerful. I mean, you can't help but smile when you're there. And that's a big win for me. I mean, I can't beat that workplace. <laughs> it's beautiful. Even if you're not into drinking wine, you need to go and check out Arbor Crest. Mm -hmm. the, the The actual um, estate is just absolutely wonderful. You could spend an easy two hours just hanging out, eating cheese, and exactly. It's just fun from the historical standpoint, and just yeah, yeah, the and view and the the. the botanical all of that <laughs> okay we've hyped this to the max so we're gonna we're gonna be asking you for a, a a google drive folder full of photos and maybe videos you have and we'll get them up on a blog post that awesome. sounds yeah. awesome yeah that's so noted you can go find that on our, our website here soon applebrides.com all right um let's see here Oh, I like this question. What is the most notable wedding you have ever hosted? It's an excellent question. Um, I know we had a Alice in Wonderland. Wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> I have not been drinking. No. Um, Alice in Wonderland theme wedding um, that was supposed to be incredible um just with the props and um the attention to detail so that was really neat but i know you had one um, yes last year recently we had a halloween wedding it was on halloween uh, and the bride had this big black dress with crow feathers coming out of her shoulders and uh, the groom was wearing a really cool pinstripe suit uh, they were just a really cool pair, uh, obviously, with a Halloween wedding, but they had fog machines and big pumpkin statues. And it was just a lot of fun because I love when couples lean into that whimsical aspect with their wedding day. I mean, it's a perfect place to do that. And you can choose where you have as your backdrop around our venue. And so that was so a did, did the guests kind of enter into that theme or? Yes and no. Or, I saw yeah. some costumes with the guests uh, and some people were just dressed in kind of standard wedding attire. But uh, yeah, it was just a, it was a fun group. Was really fun cool. day. Mm -hmm. Awesome. You ever had any celebrities get married there yet? Chad White, a celebrity. Yes, there oh, you yeah, go. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. There you go. That's right. That's cool. Yeah, actually, here at our office, one of his restaurants is on the main floor. It is absolutely. Mm-hmm. Zona Blanca. Yeah. Sometimes we'll smell the smoker up in here, and it's really nice. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that must be painful. It is. We get hungry. So, yeah, that's cool. Well, we have yeah. Chef Chad White. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a contestant on Top Chef. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's, yeah. And he's actually inspired us to start our restaurant up on the hill. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, he's consulted with us for a long time, which is great. He cooked up there for a bit, too, yeah. didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. He, he, he was uh, so helpful to us. And, yeah. Yeah. He was fantastic. And then his wife is a hairstylist. Yes. So she does makeup and hair. Makeup and hair. She's recently started working on films too, which. Yeah, I saw that. It was one of my first weddings that I did. So I I hold a little special place for that one. Oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of fun. That's right. It's cool. And I think he caters. He does. Okay. Yeah. It's cool. Mm Mm-hmm. You mentioned that you're uh, you're a coordinator. So uh, what does that look like day of wedding? Yeah, so for our venue specifically, my role of day of coordination is really leading up to the reception time. So I don't do what a standard day of coordinator, if you bring somebody in, would do. But on our side of things, I manage all of our event staff that's there. I check in with all the vendors that come on site. And normally, for a lot of venues, that's something the couple has to do or the family has to do. So just, again, alleviating one more thing from their task list is my main priority. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And then managing the setup of everything. So we set up all the tables and chairs, again, requiring no one else to do it. We really just want them to enjoy the day and celebrate the couple that's there. Um, And yeah, keep them on their schedule. Uh, Photographer usually kind of takes on that role, but I'm there in the background uh, because I work with the clients leading up on what exactly they see as their timeline and what needs they have throughout the day. And that's really my role is to fulfill those so all the other vendors can do the best job possible that they need to do. That's so cool. Emily, do you have quite a bit of different options as far as like setting up the tables and like centerpieces? Do you have that? available for yeah in our package we have round and rectangular tables so it's really up to their design choice and then uh, linens and glassware are those extra things that really bring the whole vision together Uh, but again the beauty of our estate is you can use so many different areas and i've seen people do ceremonies and receptions in different places based on their style and what they're going after so uh, we'll we'll work with your vision absolutely Cool. And help with the vision, yes. too, which yeah. I know you do, and, and give lots of suggestions what 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 has worked well before and that kind of thing. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just thinking of the scope of your venue, um, there is a lot of walking involved, but that also means that there's different locations for different parts of the, the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I imagine that would be a huge part of making sure vendors knew where to be at what time, mm-hmm. things like that. Yes. Yeah. So I'll typically check in with all the vendors that they've kind of brought on to their day a couple weeks prior just to make sure if they haven't worked on our grounds before they understand where they need to be. Because it can be a little confusing and overwhelming if you're coming onto the estate for the first time as a vendor and knowing, oh, I have a job to perform today. And uh, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so I'm I'm there to 
kind of meet them and talk them through, give them a little tour so they feel comfortable. And of course, our whole team is there day of. So we'll answer any questions anybody might have. Awesome. So you do mostly outdoor weddings, correct? Correct. We are an outdoor venue. So what's, uh, do you have backup? What uh, weather permitting? Yeah. If it rains or inclement weather, we'll do everything under our tent. So that's okay. typically the reception space. We can close up all the sides, turn on some heaters. It gets nice and cozy in there. It's about okay. 5,000 square feet. So it, yes. we can hold yeah. Good. Yeah. a good amount of people. You could have three weddings in that tent. I'm just saying. <laughs> I've seen it. It's huge. It's massive. I know. I know. You go rollerblading in the shade. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. This is what happens when you have a guy on the podcast. <laughs> Dumb dad jokes. He's start thinking flying. about that. <laughs> oh my! No, that's yeah. great. Um, so you just thinking venue coordinators. So we we have a lot of event planners and wedding planners that that are a part of Apple Brides. Um, how would how would a person, a new bride, looking at the option of having a wedding planner? How would that come into play or do you see that mostly through the photographer it's typically a question that i get uh from the bride and i always encourage it you know if there's any piece of doubt in their mind that it's an overwhelming process and all vendors understand that and if there is any moment that they're they feel like they can't do it for some reason i always recommend a planner or coordinator and for me as a venue manager again i meet with them prior so it makes that operation really seamless on the back end uh, to make sure that they know what I'm my role is day of and I know what theirs is so that we're not overlapping each other uh, and yeah I always recommend it <laughs> if it's in the budget and if it's what they're looking for and you also give them a nice timeline of kind of what to look for and um mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, we have a typical day of timeline that I provide to them because that can be a really overwhelming part of the process is just knowing what is the usual time and timeline of everything that goes on? Uh, you know, any bride who's planning their wedding and most likely for the first time, it's you look at all the things on the Internet like, oh, I know I have to cut my cake and I know I have to start the reception, first dance, all these pieces uh, that are very traditional, but you don't necessarily know where to insert them. Mm -hmm. And that's really where my role comes in is helping them figure that out. Uh, and then a planner or coordinator would really be extra set of hands for decoration, uh, getting all of that set up, keeping on the schedule again. Uh, it, it makes it for a really powerful team on the venue side of things because with a coordinator and myself, and I have event coordinators as well, so just have this really strong force behind you, just <laughs> making sure that everything's in place and everything's where it needs to be. So if your goal as a bride is to just be with your husband to be day of or bride to be day of it yeah it's so helpful <laughs> yeah i'd say that's probably something to consider at the very beginning as part of the same importance as having a venue like mm -hmm. you're gonna have to get married somewhere you want to get married somewhere so you want your right. day to be well and perfect um i've been on the side of no coordinator for multiple weddings as a photographer and I've, I've, I will only second shoot a wedding. There's so many great photographers that deserve the lead on that. But what I've seen is the photographers do such a good job of knowing the time, the timeline, things like that. Comma, 
all the planning that went into that was all the stress on bride and it's in in an it, it, you could see it you could feel it and it kind of falls apart during wedding day mm-hmm. so the the investment for a wedding coordinator is 100 percent worth it and there's a there's a lot of them in spokane to mm-hmm. choose from and i'm sure you have some recommendations if oh, asked yeah. yeah there are some really great people in spokane and the spokane greater area that awesome. i've worked with mm-hmm. we're actually going to have quite a few of them in january coming on the podcast so we're going to okay. get some great insight from wedding coordinators nice be some mic drop moments i have a feeling <laughs> <laughs> I, we never worked with one. We were just talking to Heidi and uh, Ryan with Mango Inc., our last mm-hmm. podcast. And I don't know, back in 1998, there wasn't much. So I don't know that that even. We were like in our backyards. Yes. Yeah. I mean, as you see these more extravagant, creative yeah. weddings, there's a greater need for it, definitely. Yeah. And I always say if it's not in the budget or if you don't feel like you need one, over-communication is the best communication. That's what I tell everybody. Uh, all of your vendors, the more you tell them, the more likely your day is to go as seamlessly and stress-free as possible. If I don't know what time certain things are happening at, it's more difficult for me to be that extra set of support that you need. So, yeah. Oh, it's just so, we, our daughter got married in August and it was so nice not having to have the stress or the worry of anything. Ugh. Yeah, you could actually enjoy the day and the moment. That was really nice. Yeah. Just a a thing I've seen is family members want to help. And the hard part's to ask. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hey, aunt, whoever, would you help me? (laughs) Just got to go for it. Mm -hmm. So if you want to save money on a wedding coordinator and DIY it, then include your family. Ask, ask, ask. They want to help. Mm -hmm. And it'll make it fun. Yes, designate a grandparent is great, aunt or uncle's great. I don't typically recommend someone in the wedding party or a parent because they're going to be preoccupied. But uh, yeah, or an extended friend, anybody like that is a really, mm-hmm. yeah, again, they want to help. Yeah. <laughs> Bridesmaids don't serve punch. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. That was great. I kind of like it. <laughs> <laughs> Might use that. New t shirt. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh my. I know, right? This is probably where I should leave. Do you, um, do you so what, how do you, do you serve your wine during the one? I mean, like, how do you, do you coordinate that together as far as the winery and the venue? Yeah. So okay. we, um, we, de- we serve our wine to, yeah. to the guests and it's actually a, a big experience. Um, we, about a month before yes. the actual event, um, the the wedding party, the bride, the groom, um, or wh- whomever it might be that wants to take part in the wine tasting, um, will come and spend a good hour going through all the wines and um, pairing it up with what food they're going to serve as well, and um, you know what's their favorite varietal, what they're going to start with, what they're you know champagne, whatever it might be. Um, so does the caterers come in at that point too? No, typically not. For t- it, it's really up to the caterer's availability, but okay. it's more of a, a one-on-one experience with our staff and the couple and whoever they want to bring to make those choices. And our beer too. And our beer, yes. Yeah. So we have, yeah, we have wine that obviously Arborcrest makes, and then uh, we have beer from Square Wheel Brewing, um, which is also my brother. So it's all family, um, wow. which is fabulous. And um, but we can help 
if they know their menu, then we can suggest this will probably be good with this and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. So, okay. Yeah. And the, do you want to square wheel brewing where that came from with Riblet? Yeah. So um, square wheel, there's actually a square wheel tractor on the estate. Um, Royal Riblet, who was the, the person that was uh, built the property or built the house, um, he had he was trying to develop a square wheel tractor for um, I believe it was World War II, um, and it was supposed to like go through the trenches. So it's kind of like what the cat is right now, you know that that um, track, and it never really took off. But we have the single one there, and it's really cool to look at. It has a little history about it. Um, so when you come onto the property, you can read it. And my brother named the brewery after it. So sure. um, yeah, so it's really fun. Where is that on? Where is that at in the on the property? It is right by the uh, south end of the tasting room. Okay. So kind of in that inner circle before you go through the gatehouse. Okay. Picture's coming. Yeah, picture's coming, I know. (laughs) (laughs) And twice a year it gets moved into storage so we can preserve what it is. Uh, And so if you're on site that day, that's a nice little surprise to be able to see it get up and running and moving down the estate. Wait, the motors, the engine still works? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it took us it took us a long time to get it going and the um actual track was fused, you know. We had to do a lot of work for that. But yes, it does work. It, the brakes are not so great, so we keep it away from the edge. Well, that's why you have a square wheel. <laughs> <laughs> sure, there you go. <laughs> it might slide a little bit, but the wheel won't turn too fast. <laughs> Yeah, there's lots of fun little things like that all over the property that you can kind of see. I it, um, just going back to your, uh, what was the first wedding you said that was memorable? Was um, the one, uh, the uh, Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland. Yeah, I think I saw photos of that on the checkerboard. Oh, okay. Yeah, they took over the whole property. I just remember the big, huge chair, and um, it was. Uh, was not present for the wedding, but um, seeing the setup was really neat. Yeah, I've talked to the planner who uh, did that. I can't remember the name off the top of my head, but she's with Deluxe Florals. And she showed me some of the photos of her planning process. And she did these really cool uh, teacup centerpieces. They were tall, uh, stacked teacups. And she had the big flowers. Just very whimsical. Pretty cool. Well, do do you do outside weddings in the winter, though? You can't use the... Not right now, okay. mainly because of how icy and snowy it gets up right. there. It's really unpredictable. So safety of our guests is always of the utmost importance. So so what months do you are you open? May through October is our wedding season. Okay. And we're open year-round, seven days a week. We'll be up there, yeah. rain or shine. <laughs> mm-hmm. The tent only stays up that time. It, yeah. it, it actually can't hold the snow load, so um, it comes down. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> but it's exciting when it comes back up in April. <laughs> it's fun. Be cool to have one of those big igloos, right? Yes, <laughs> yes. So um, some of the things that I found on the internet, which I thought was quite interesting, there's blogs all over the place that talk about the things you should ask your wedding venue. And so I, I came up with a couple and I just thought they were practical. So I don't really believe it's a question. It's something that's already happening here, but maybe help brides that wouldn't necessarily use Arborcrest as a venue, but would want to serve Arborcrest wine. Um, what does a liquor license look like? Things like that. Does your caterer have to have it? Um, like you obviously have one. 
um, what's what's entailed there. So our liquor license allows us to um, pour Arborcrest wine and um, square wheel beer. Uh, so that's we're solely kind of left to that. Um, but other venues, I think they can serve a variety of different things. Gotcha. So, yeah. So from, like Grandma's Riverside property. Yes. Um, and they have a caterer and a cake decorator bring a florist. Yeah, you photographer. can photographer. You don't have to have a no, well, we're not advising anybody here. No, we're not. But I think, you know, I think they end up needing a special occasion permit um, to pour that wine gotcha. or beer or whatever it might be, um, hard alcohol. Um, but yes, so, and well, we, we do not serve hard alcohol at the gotcha. estate. Yeah. Well, it would be Arborcrest wine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. We're talking about at other venues. Yes. Yeah, and if a bride is looking for that, the special occasion license, uh, it's, it's fairly straightforward. You're vendor whomever will know exactly what it is and one party signs it and the venue side of whomever on that side signs it as well and then it's done and nice yeah so that's not difficult at all not at all and we two signatures and yeah well there you go on in. Mm -hmm. so, so i'm kind of like on the outside looking in and seeing these things on the internet and it, it was overwhelming oh whoa, I never even thought of this. And then it's like, well, if it wasn't brought up, I wouldn't even know. Yeah. And here we are. It's not as hard as it looks. No. Right. No. And that plays into, again, if any bride or groom has any question, I always say there's no stupid question when it comes to weddings. Absolutely not. Uh, because everybody has a different idea of what they want and you'll never know until you ask. That's a famous thing. Uh, and it's very true. It, I get every question under the rainbow and um, there's always a solution that we can work out. So in the house, is that where the bridal party would be getting ready? Correct. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the third floor, there are three floors to the home. The third floor is uh, designated for the bridal suite. So there's some nice white furniture and a big mirror, and you can see a lot of the estate from up there. So it's just perfect for the bride to kind of have her own little pocket on the yeah. estate uh, where she feels safe and beautiful and and look at everything and i always say you can spy on your guests take note of who comes in late or <laughs> how things are going <laughs> it's so true because you can see everything yeah. everything <laughs> mm -hmm. you can probably see them coming from the parking lot right <laughs> you definitely can is your venue open during i mean is your how do i say that is the wine tasting room open during the like a wedding no so well you could close that i guess it would depend if you're okay. doing the full big package you're renting the entire estate and okay. it is um outside of our normal business hours so uh, it would not be going on if you're doing a small like we talked the sweetheart package um possibly it would be okay tasting room would be open at that time Okay. We are open daily from noon to five and there can be overlap. So couples typically arrive at 2 p.m., but it, we've never seen any conflict with that. People are really respectful on the grounds. They'll see a couple and it's pretty obvious what's going on. And so they'll back off or say, you look beautiful. Congratulations, you know, and then walk away. So we've never had an issue there. You don't need bodyguards there. No, no. we do have safety staff <laughs> to help get the daytime guests out yeah. before the ceremony, but we don't need bodyguards. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet anyway. No. <laughs> Talk to me about bathrooms. Oh. You got to, it's a big, it's we've a got them. Yeah. So it's a big property. And like when I'm, running around with a camera, I'm always wondering where the local restroom is. So yes. it, just, I'm just 
covering a base here. Yeah, so what, no. what's it look like at Arbor Crest? They are in our tasting room, the bathrooms. So they're obviously, the tasting room's open in the sense that you can access the bathrooms, um, but the actual tasting experience is not open. Um, and then, um, yeah, so that's kind of in a central location for um, the wedding party. Awesome. They're classy. They don't use honey buckets. Yeah, I know. Well, they have classy honey buckets now. <laughs> yes, they do, actually. Have you ever had any up there? We have. Um, oh, there's one. I can't think of the name of it, but um, it was very uh, amazing. Very tricked out. <laughs> cool. Oh, like so. the trailer one. Yes, yeah. the trailer. Luxury yeah. loose, yes. I think. Yeah. There yes. it is, luxury silver. Loot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So We're coming after luxury loot, too. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, well, we're getting close to an hour here. You got a little bit more time? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, one thing I kept running across uh, doing research on everything venues is a venue minimum. Um, is that, is that anything that should be discussed or? Yeah. Should always be minimum? discussed, but, uh, at least for Arbor Crest, we don't have one. Uh, we want the estate to be accessible for everyone. And I think that's a huge thing that Van Loven Sells family has done a great job of is making sure that everyone can experience the magic of that estate. Uh, but it's always a good question to ask your venue. Uh, it, it's pretty common, especially with caterers. But speaking on our behalf, we do not have one. Wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Cool deal. Um, do you have anything else? I don't, actually. Well, okay. Uh, what I'd like to have you do is, is there anything that you would tell a bride that they may not know already? Like from a venue perspective, something they should think about that they haven't even thought of yet. That's a common, <laughs> a frequently asked question that always comes up. I don't oh, know. I mean, I don't know if I really have a frequently asked question because it's, it's broad. <laughs> Everybody gotcha. has a different question, but I always tell couples that, no one else knows your timeline unless you do a program. And if you are very strict on how you want your day to go, programs are great. Gives your guests that additional information. But if you are looking at it from an aesthetic perspective, they are not necessary because the plus side to not having a program is your guests don't know how things are supposed to go. And like we've mentioned, wedding days are not perfect. There's always going to be something and vendors are really good at planning for that and we'll be there to kind of figure that out so you don't have to and you'll just smooth right on over whatever happened <laughs> but um like recently we had a wedding and rain happened <laughs> you know it's it does yes. and uh, the ceremony typically happens before the social hour and she really wanted to have her ceremony in our forest location but the rain was coming down really hard. So we ended up doing the social hour first under the tent so everybody could be covered in warm, waited it out about 30, 40 minutes, and then we got everybody over to the ceremony location. So things like that, that could be really stressful for the couple to know, okay, things suddenly aren't going perfectly. It's okay. Like I said, we're there to help you. Um, your guests don't know that your social hour is supposed to be after the ceremony. <laughs> Only your vendors do. So. No, that's a very good point. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, well, most guests just come for the wedding. Yeah, they mm -hmm. don't have any other plans really, so <laughs> they kind of just go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's really cool. You can set it up that fast and make quick changes mm -hmm. like that. So yeah, we're really flexible, and yeah. I think almost every vendor can 
yeah. say that because with the wedding industry, you have to be flexible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally. Uh, yeah. Touche. That's for sure. <laughs> Flexibility is key when you're on the vendor side. Right. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, there, guys. Yeah. Thank you both. Anything we're leaving off the table here? I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> I think we covered. We did. That was great. Arbor Crest. Yeah. yeah. This was really neat. Cool. Love well, what you're doing. Love what you're, you know, trying to help. Um the industry, the the wedding industry, like this is really these podcasts are great. Cool. Yeah. Thank you. Have you already listened to a couple episodes? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. I listened Thank you. to the. Yeah. No, it's really good. I learned some <laughs> things about the cake industry from that sweet frostings one that I didn't even know of. So yeah. it's really yeah. cool to listen to that. It's a and I listened to vendor. the Mango Inc. and I I didn't even know about them. So it was wonderful to. Yeah. This is fantastic. So thank yeah. you for doing your part, and it's exciting to see. It's our pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that about wraps things up here. Um, So how about a quick shout out for our audience? Thank you for listening. We really appreciate it. And we also want to invite you to request topics and suggest interviews or ask any questions we can answer. Simply send an email to podcast at applebrides.com. And vendors, if you're interested in getting your business noticed in front of thousands of new brides every year, Consider advertising your wedding business on applebrides.com and our other platforms. You can find us at applebrides.com and everywhere for your favorite social media at Applebrides. Have a good day. See you on the next podcast. Catch you on the next episode.